Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to talk about rewriting history and how I see this happen in session and why it's really not good for your mental health or the development and health of your relationship as a whole. And before we get to that, I would like to tell everybody to subscribe because then you could hear my most recent episode on why not to lie about your sexual past. Aside from that, it's unethical. And um, a case study of people that I made up that did lie about it that approximate the uh, average people that I see in this situation. So that is an interesting one. And when you uh, add up all my other ones, I think there's now 52 episodes that are subscriber only. So you should definitely subscribe. And separately, you don't get my free podcast if you are in, or you don't get my subscriber only episodes if you're in the Facebook group. But the Facebook group is a fun and supportive environment and the conversations get really deep about topics related to the ones that I discuss on my podcast so you should also sign up for that. Um, Okay so what do I mean by rewrite history? What I mean is listen people change over the course of their lifespan and most of the mental health issues I see are related to uh, people not understanding that. So for example, people do not understand the honeymoon phase and how people's hormones are very different uh, then versus later on. So this, so as an example, if people don't understand how differently women in particular feel during the honeymoon stage, then they can end up with these sorts of malicious imputations like the woman was doing a bait and switch in order to get me as a husband and then she she was faking all along and now she um, finally doesn't have to fake anymore because I'm her husband. No, that isn't real. She felt different during the honeymoon stage. So don't rewrite history that she was bait and switching you. Instead, try to understand that human beings change over the lifespan, biologically, mentally, emotionally, and they should. That's evolving. You're not supposed to be the same at 14 as you are at 35 as 55. This doesn't make any sense. So similarly, another one that I recently talked about was menopause and the effect of menopause on women's sex drive and the evolutionary reasons that menopause does lessen your sex drive. Fairly obviously, it's the end of your menses. You're no longer fertile. Why would your body still be pumping out the same amount of sex hormones? Doesn't make sense. So, but men take this as like some slap in the face or some horrible uh, fortune teller, you know, telling them some terrible thing's going to happen. They forget that they are going to change too, you know. Their sex drive isn't going to be the same as it was when they're currently 40 years old, when they're 60 years old. So they, and usually, I don't see a lot of men who are 60 year olds in couples counseling because they don't care as much about this kind of thing. So I don't see them in for sexual issues as frequently. Uh, just because biology changes and other things become more important in, in their mind. Despite that you would think I would see loads of men in their 60s uh, coming in because when, as I've said, I'm private practice, I'm self-pay, and people's wealth only amasses more and more <laughs> over time. So why am I seeing men still uh, that are in their 40s and 50s, but it's kind of a cutoff after that? Because they no longer care as much and frequently they are focused on other aspects of their life and their post-retirement life and they're not so upset at the woman. It's not because they're all having a sexual renaissance, I'll tell you that. It's because their values have changed and they know, and the few that I do see are for really big 
issues like somebody cheated or something like that. Not just a disparity of sex drive, which is why I see younger couples. Not that that's not a big issue. It feels like a big issue at the time. But again, my point is things change over time. That's totally normal. So when you are back to the uh, topic, although this is very related, when women, and I'll do examples for men for as I always do. So one that I particularly see with women where they rewrite history and they forget to take into account the difference in how they felt at that time versus at this time is when women in their 40s or 50s, usually in the dynamic that I call, and this is a subscriber episode, the uh, wife who wants more and her annoyingly satisfied husband. So women in this sort of dynamic, they tend to go back, particularly now, this is a very, very women's rights focused uh, social uh, and cultural milieu right now. So everything is about that the man probably was an asshole. Yeah, but when anything seems too pat and too simplistic, you know, you got to interrogate that a little bit. So there's women who are in their 40s, around their 40s, 50s, who look back in time and they say, he was an asshole all along. He was just selfish. He focused on his career. He didn't help out enough with the kids. And I should have known all along that he was an asshole, but I didn't want to rock the boat. And a lot of these women are very surprised if they ever see any evidence like uh, letters or something or, or birthday cards or or journal entries or anything suggesting, really proving, that in fact, at the time that this man was supposedly being such an oppressive asshole, she was happy. She was actually happy at that time. She had little kids. She was, she understood that she was a primary caretaker. That was the contract of the relationship, you know, unstated or stated. He was, you know, uh, working a lot, but he was making good money and she was able to stay home more and or even if she was working too, she got to be and felt that it was in fact good to be the one who was mostly in charge of the kids. However, when juxtaposed against today's climate where men are so much more involved, she feels that she got a bum deal. And in retrospect, the human um, mind tries to make sense of things. That's cognitive dissonance reduction. Our brains don't like there to be dissonance between uh, what we perceive and what we um, remember or, or any sort of dissonance in our brain to feeling that, that things are uncomfortable. And so they say, no, 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 no. It can't be right that currently I believe that he ought to have participated more. So it can't be right that at the time I didn't think that. It must be, really, this is not articulated, it must be that, in fact, at the time he was an asshole and I believed it at the time. And I can, in fact, remember fights that we had where I said you should be around more and that proves it, that he has been an asshole all along, QED, he is uh, tarred and feathered, all done. And I should leave now because this isn't uh, perhaps a passing phase of my dissatisfaction, but there has been a trajectory for the past uh, 15, 20 or more years where I have always thought that he was an asshole. Yeah, really, the man is often very confused by this, and correctly so, because she didn't really think he was an asshole. When, she, when sure, periodically, she did. Everybody fights periodically. But overall, when, if you, she could zap back in a time machine to when she actually, let's say, had one small child and was pregnant with another, she really wasn't that unhappy. Yeah, she thought that he could be an asshole, but overall, she was happy as her friends were, as happy as them. There was no major thought that he was being, uh, uh, 
to betraying piece of shit. He because he wasn't. He was focused on his work. He wasn't perfect. Neither was she. And they were. And she was happy at the life that they were building at that time. So uh, then you may say. But what if truly her perspective has changed on it? And in retrospect, she wishes that he would have been more involved. Cool. Yeah. And in, in, a, in a marriage that can move forward and that is healthy, she will be able to say, you know, sometimes I think I was a, a, an idiot, really. And I think that in the context of today's culture, as a younger woman, as a young mom, I would have said, don't go on so many business trips or, or come home earlier from work. And, you know, I should have said it, really. And I wish I would have because there were times I felt really overwhelmed, but I just thought that was the status quo. And then the guy could say, if he is, a, you know, uh, if he's not Mr. Negativity and Defensiveness, he could say or he could learn to say in couples counseling, you're right. In retrospect, when now I look at, at men and how involved they are, I feel I missed out on something too. And I should have not taken it not so seriously when you said you were overwhelmed. I should have tried to get home. It was a different culture, of course, at that time. My boss would not have looked uh, well upon me leaving, but it shouldn't have mattered to me at least a few times. I should have made sure to do it. That would be a couple where there doesn't have to be rewriting of history and that couple can move forward accommodating new information as it unfolds, such as changing sociocultural climate and what it means to them about the history of their relationship. He can uh, roll with her negative feelings and her regret, and he can even empathize with it and express some of his own, which she could then empathize with and say, yeah, you know, you were in a tough spot. The guys now can definitely take off more paternity leave, say, than you were able to, and I get that. So that couple would have rolled through and even become closer for this sort of uh, what could potentially in a different couple be more of a rupture. So in a couple that does not uh, deal with this sort of realization or feeling in a healthy way, the woman would say something like, I knew all along that you were a total asshole. I just felt trapped. Um, You remember we had some fights. Well, I should have had more of them. I should have left you then because I hated you all along. And the man would say, yeah, well, you can never be happy with anything. And maybe I would have been around more if you wouldn't have been such a bitch. Right. So obviously you see that this couple really needs counseling. The first ones can save their money and use it on a vacation instead of couples counseling. (laughs) So the point here being that if there is something in the past that you feel regret over, don't let yourself take the intellectually lazy route of just blaming the other person and or holding them and the relationship up to the standards of you now and what you think as an evolved being of 40 or 50 something or even 30 something versus uh, in your 20s or your 30s or your teens, whatever the case may be for the early portion of your marriage. And don't forget that there was a whole, there was lots of color and nuance in your relationship at all times. Now, it wasn't just bad and it wasn't just good. Now, does this mean, let's say, if you, if, if you look back and you're like, I truly have felt lonely for many years and I just really did stay and, and I said it all along. I was just staying for the kids and whatever, whatever. Then uh, should I not leave? Listen, you can leave or stay. This is whatever you decide to do. The point is if you have ever seen yourself go back and rewrite history in a way that, and you'll know it because your partner will say things like, I didn't think that's how you felt at the time. You never said anything to me. You certainly complained about other things, but not about that thing. 
So that's when you'll kind of know if you can really be open and honest with yourself. Hey, wait, maybe my subconscious is amplifying certain aspects of my experience, which now make it easier for me to look back and see a uniform whole, you know, because it's easier again for our brains. Our brains do not like dissonance. So it's a lot easier to say, I want to leave my husband because I have been unhappy for 20 years straight than it is to say, you know what, for the first 10 years, I actually thought it was all right. At the stage that that I'm at now, I really don't feel like there's any future for us. No harm, no foul. That is a lot more of a mature person who could say, there was a time that I was happy. Or there was a time that the positives outweighed the negatives. Or there was a time that I didn't even know I was supposed to be happy. Whatever the case may be, it is uh, far better but particularly if you do divorce, you want to have an amicable co-parenting relationship, which would be sabotaged by you thinking that things that didn't actually exist at the time. So let's do the male example that I see most commonly, which is the man talking about the sex life. So a lot of times I get men in and they're like, the sex was bad all these years. She was withholding basically from the honeymoon. She didn't like this. She didn't like that. She didn't like this. And I kept trying and trying and trying. And now I've just had enough. It's been 20 years of unremitted sexual frustration the woman will frequently be like I I don't know I thought you you liked some of it you know I mean we were having sex more earlier in the relationship and you seemed to like it and you were saying I love you more we were being romantic more So then at that point, it really behooves the man to try to take a more objective stance and to say is my current level of bitterness in uh, in association with probably the hours of research that I am currently doing about sexless marriages and male dissatisfaction and women's libido, et cetera, et cetera, am I looking back and rewriting history? Was I, in fact, all right? You know, as long as it was, you know, a couple times a week or a couple times every couple weeks, I was all right, actually. And it's only now when things have deteriorated so grievously that I am really this upset. But saying that, like, the whole thing was a lie and you were never fulfilled and you I mean that's that's really rare honestly it's really rare for somebody to have unrelenting sexual dissatisfaction starting at the honeymoon and also to be a man that is not extremely religious not extremely um I don't know, uh, not even understanding that divorce exists. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, it would be very hard, it, very rare for a man to, let's say, have this, this level of horrible sexual dissatisfaction from the very inception of the relationship and not leave. And if he didn't leave, that's certainly something to put into the equation. And so then, instead of blaming it all on the woman, he could say, at the time, I vacillated. At times, I was somewhat satisfied. And, at, and I really did love her. And I am, of course, glad that I, we had our children, etc. And that we built so, you know, a life together. It, it, also, I was, had very low self-esteem. I was, really thought I would be incapable of finding a different partner. And I realized that now more at the time and, than I did at the time. And I can understand the origins of my self-esteem issues. And now, I also am much more dissatisfied due to various changes including my awareness of the possibilities of marital sex, which I didn't have any idea of what a happy sex life could look like. There was no internet in 1990 or whatever the case may be. And, uh, and so 
I either do not want to stay in this relationship anymore or would like to work on it moving forward, but I'm not going to vilify and put my wife into a villain role for saying that for the past 20 years, she was equivalently withholding and malicious about our sex life because that isn't real. We had moments of tenderness for sure. You know, the birth of the children, the pregnancies, times where we did go away on vacation and have sex, etc., etc., etc. So the overall theme of this and the takeaway is that when there is some sort of very pat narrative, particularly one in which you come out with flying colors and the other person uh, doesn't, that's really when you got to do some deep self-reflective work and try to be more objective, even if the relationship is done, even if this is the aftermath of your divorce, because if you don't interrogate your role in the contribution of the dissolution of the relationship, or the dissatisfaction in the relationship or whatever, you are bound to get involved in the same exact sort of thing because people who cannot look in at themselves objectively tend to get into bad relationships. Why? Because that is an emotional immaturity and like goes to like. So an emotionally immature person that can never say that they're wrong tends to only do well with and click with other emotionally immature people, which is not going to get you the outcome that you want and which is like the best plug for therapy that I could possibly give you. If you do not work on seeing yourself more objectively and seeing the ways that there are a million variables that couldn't, that, that all work together to lead to what you got to the level of marital satisfaction that you eventually got to. If you can't see that, you are bound to get in a relationship with someone else. Because I'll tell you, when you're dating after divorce, if somebody who is securely attached and who is a more mature, objective person goes on a date with somebody who says, oh yeah, it was all my ex-husband's fault, he was such an asshole, that guy is going to be like, whoa crazy alert you know like this is a very this woman talks like she's 16 years old I don't need to get involved with that you know of course it's not all her ex-husband's fault and if she thinks that about him one day she's gonna think it about me that's how an emotionally mature person would think about hearing that so that the dissolution of the person's prior marriage was all due to the fault of the ex and on the other gender side if a woman hears a guy say oh yeah my ex-wife she was some kind of crazy I think she had borderline tendencies what are you going to think? Hopefully you've been listening to my podcast long enough to know that he's basically raising his hand and saying, I'm a narcissist and, or (laughs) go back and listen to the narcissist borderline dynamic podcast. And, or this man is just incapable of understanding that he isn't perfect. Really the same thing. So in any case where you are expecting to have healthy relationships after your current or past dissatisfying one, you have to really do a deep dive to understand your contribution so that you could go on a date and be like, yeah, it didn't work out. You know, at first it was okay and we were in love, but eventually it became obvious we were very different kind of people. I didn't handle conflict that well, honestly. She didn't either for in different ways. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that we have the children and co- we're trying to co-parent well together. And I'm glad that I'm out of it. But, you know, I, I do feel like, like I, I could have been behaved better. Now that sounds like somebody who's going to get laid, you know, on their, <laughs> on their, in their uh, dating life post uh, p- divorce, because that sounds like an, um, an adult. That sounds like somebody who you could really talk to and be open and authentic with yourself and an emotionally mature, again, adult really versus the, a childlike person that has to blame all of a divorce on the other person.
because it never is, takes two to tango. All right, so hopefully you got something out of this, and please do subscribe, and I'll talk to everybody soon.